0: is I've got a son who preaches like I don't know who to compare him to but must have been kind of like John the Baptist must have preached but uh, he's a pastor in Tennessee but I'm not I'm not a great preacher and i you know what I'm still a young man I'm just in my 60s and uh, I'm praying Lord make me a better preacher I am some guys are thinking about retiring and I you know what I'm getting ready to retire probably next week I'm gonna put new tires on my car and uh, retire and just go on down the road uh, for the lord well i i really am glad to be here we love the southsley's we met them at a couple's retreat in branson and uh, just it's a, it's kind of neat the way the lord put us together we were at this couple's retreat we didn't know them they didn't know us and brother donnie ball from lebanon he just kind of put us together at that, at that table uh, that night at a restaurant and we got to know each other and next thing we know we got invited to Their church in Camdenton, and went there and had a good time, and we're just glad to know them and glad to be here. I I can already tell you're you're my kind of people, you really are. Just, just, you know, I don't know what the word is. Just, (laughs) you're just plain folks, you know, and uh, just just good people, and I'm glad to be here very much. I want to tell you uh, just a little bit about us I'm going to ask my wife to come up here my wife she we've been in a car all day I mean all day Uh, coming from Kentucky now we live in Iowa (laughs) can you believe that I'm a Kentuckian born in Louisville Kentucky and uh, but I I live in Iowa and that's a whole different story how we got to Iowa but I'll tell you what it was all about church (laughs) it was all about the Lord uh, a move of the Lord but uh, we're coming from Kentucky because her mother uh, lives in Kentucky. She's 86 years old, and she's not in very good shape. I've met people here uh, over 100 and uh, met a man, 96, uh, Brother Billy. And where is Brother Billy? God bless you, brother. I told him, i always feel safer when the Marines are around. Amen. Amen. Thank God for the Marines. Amen, brother and uh, of course I, I thank god for all the branches of the service and uh i know a man you know, well i won't get into that but <laughs> I, my, her mother is 86 but she is about as feeble as anybody that you ever saw this dear lady who's over a hundred came walking in here tonight she her mother is 86 and i don't think she can walk as good as you can and, and she you know her mind is just beginning to slip some it's not too bad yet not not terrible but it's just you know we can see it happening and uh, we've been going there to Kentucky now for five years her dad just went to heaven in December and taking care of them they ha- she had a bad fall he had strokes and we just go in there to try to keep them out of a nursing home try to keep them in their own home and that's our goal so we don't live there, but we go back every week to Kentucky and spend two or three days with her mom. And then the rest of the time we have caregivers who come in, some very, very good ladies. So that we're coming from Kentucky today, about six and a half hours uh, on the road. But I want you to meet my wife. Her name is Bonita. Now, I know some people say Bonita, but her name is actually Bonita. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I thank the Lord we've been married 45 years and you say man alive you must have married her young I did I did matter of fact I don't know if I want to tell you how young she was she was so young we couldn't get married We lived. uh, our, our church was in southern Indiana we lived in Kentucky well she did but we went to get our marriage license in Indiana they said you're too young told her you're too young to get a marriage license so we had to go to kentucky to get that and then so we had two weddings we had our big wedding in indiana then we went across the river to her dad's living room and had made it official but that was 45 years ago and i thank god for my wife we uh, i think we're more in love than we've ever been in all those years we love to be together we just we, we and it's good because we're together all the time We're in evangelism we spend days and days and days in a car together going down the road and uh, we just we've learned how to how to survive like that and and enjoy the trip I wanted you to meet my wife she uh, plays that piano she started when she was five years old and she took lessons from two different teachers and then she uh, came to a place you know where she would just watch other piano players and learn all that she could you know she can go up and down those, that keyboard and I love her piano playing but I thank the Lord for my dear wife I wanted you to meet her tonight you have anything you want to say huh she said can I sit down all right you I'll give you permission to sit down <laughs> and tonight I'd like to uh, I'd like to give you my testimony but I'm going to include it in the message and tell you how I got saved. A little bit about myself. I, uh, I got saved when I was 15 years old. And, but like, uh, like Brother Billy, he, he said, I, I was saved, but I wasn't really doing anything for the Lord. And, and that was me. In my high school days, I was in a backslid condition. But uh, I knew I was saved. And then about 19, I really gave my life the Lord and and what a change he made in it and but I want to start in Galatians tonight Galatians chapter 5 I've been praying and praying and praying about this meeting asking God to meet with us and uh, brother Southlee, you picked the perfect songs those songs were perfect to start a revival first night of a revival revive us again amen oh Layla picked them well send her a congrats for me all right tell her i said thank then draw me nearer what a song that is draw me nearer and i believe that's your heart's desire or you wouldn't be here tonight i believe you want to draw nearer to the lord and then that last one take time to be holy what a song that is you know there there's just no shortcut to being holy there's no shortcut to being filled with the holy spirit of god You've got to spend time with God. You've got to spend time with God every day. Now, you can be saved and you can just live an average Christian life, you know, and not accomplish anything for the Lord, not, not really be used of God, go to heaven someday and there won't be many rewards there for you. But you say, I made it. But my friend, if you really want to be used of God and really have the touch of God upon your life, it'll take some time it'll take some time in prayer it'll take some time in the word of god so those were great great songs and i thank the lord for them let's look at galatians chapter number five and could i ask you to stand as we read these verses now if you're not able to stand or if it would be a discomfort to you please don't feel obligated i just think it's a good thing for one thing to honor the word of god another thing to get that final stretch in before i set into preaching tonight and I want to tell you this, I'm not a long-winded preacher. At least I don't intend to be. And sometimes, you know, if God gets in something, sometimes it goes on a little longer than, than uh, but I think this, if God really gets in something, we don't care. Uh, we don't care about the time. But I've seen it both ways. You know, I've seen preachers that get up and preach and preach. Nothing's happening, but I think they're waiting on something to happen. And they just keep on preaching and keep on preaching. And, but something I've learned is when everybody's done listening, you might as well get done preaching if everybody's done listening, you know. But uh, if God shows up, I've been in meetings where the Lord really showed up, and I've been praying that he would here this week. But you know what? I think, I really, I think it all depends on us. I don't really think it depends on, on him. He wants to. <laughs> He wants to be in our midst. He wants to come and do things that only God can do in all of our hearts, in our families, in this church. God wants to do it. It's, it's up to us. He wants us to want Him. He really does. I will pour water on him that is thirsty. And so we need to hunger and thirst for the Lord. Say, Lord, please come and meet with us. We're in Galatians chapter number 5, and we'll start at verse number 13. If you're looking at verse 13, say amen. Amen. All right, continue saying amen all through the message. All right, here we go. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. Boy, oh, I'm tempted to stop with some of these and just take off preaching. Right there, I'm tempted to stop on that. You cannot do the things that ye would. How many people, even here tonight, how many of you, if you look back over your life, you had good intentions. You heard a message. You heard a truth. You said in your heart, I'll do that. That's right, I'll do that. That's what I need. I need to get in my Bible more than I've ever been before. I need to pray more. I need to be a soul winner. I need to hand out tracts. I I need to get out there and knock on doors, tell somebody about the Lord. I need that. But it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It's just become a good intention. And he says, you cannot do the things that ye would. It's all because instead of being controlled by the Holy Spirit, we're controlled by the flesh. That's the exact reason right there that these things do not get done. Verse number 18, But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Now we can read these in the Bible, or you can just turn on the television and see all this. Or you can plug into the Internet and see all of this. But tonight we're going to read it in the Bible. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, Uncleanness, lasciviousness, which has to do with uh, being just overrun and just, just full of lust, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, my friend, no matter what I say tonight, I can't get any plainer than that. You know, it, it doesn't matter a whole lot what I say. It's what does the Word of God say. That is plain. I mean, that, that's a description of of the works of the flesh the works of the devil but thank god we come to verse number 22 and here's something very very wonderful that's what i'd like to preach on tonight maybe tomorrow night maybe the next night i want to see how it goes but i i want to preach about uh, this fruit of the spirit we find in verse number 22 but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long-suffering gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory. Oh, what a statement that is, vain glory. You know, somebody said, there's no telling what could do, what God could do uh, through His church and in this world. There's no telling what God could do if nobody cared who got the credit. If nobody cares who gets the credit, just so God gets the glory. Amen. That's what it's saying there. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. You may be seated. I had you stand a long time there, some of the elderly Folks, that might have been too long for you. But thank you for standing tonight. But don't feel too sorry for yourself. I've got to stand up through the whole message tonight. (laughs) All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And as the pastor said tonight, revival is about God doing something in your heart. Let's tonight pray this prayer right now in your heart. Lord, would you speak to me? Tonight, would you speak to me lord and would you be bold enough to pray this would you say dear lord if you do speak to me i will act upon what you say tonight lord it won't be a one-sided conversation if you speak to me dear lord i will respond could you pray that tonight lord i do pray that every one of us including myself would pray that prayer tonight. Speak to me. Lord, I pray tonight you'd speak through me, but also speak to me. And Lord, I pray that you'd speak to every heart. I, we have some young people here tonight. Thank God for them. Lord, speak to their hearts. Teenagers here tonight, speak to their hearts. Lord, we have all ages here tonight. We have folks who've been saved for decades. We have folks who haven't been saved very long, but Lord, speak to every heart. Lord, please pass by us, pass through, touch every heart, go, go down every aisle and meet every need, dear Lord. I pray that we would leave here different than when we came. I pray we'd leave here more revived. I pray we'd leave here, like the song says, nearer to the Lord. I pray we'd leave here tonight uh, deciding that we need to spend more time to be holy. Dear God, do a work in every heart. Please, Lord, speak through me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The the fruit of the Spirit. Let's read that again. Matter of fact, would you read it with me out loud? Verses 22 and 23. Let's read it together. Ready? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, longsuffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance against such there is no law praise god the fruit of the spirit means this is what the spirit of god produces in the life of a believer who is yielded to him that's the fruit of the spirit a life surrendered to him totally surrendered to god then you can be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. These are the characteristics of a Spirit-filled life right here. My, my friend, I've had this thought for the last two or three days. This is what the world is looking for. It is. They're looking for this. And they're looking in all the wrong places for love and joy and peace. And we could go on, but, but those are the three main ones THE FIRST THREE THAT GOD MENTIONS, THE FRUIT OF THE SPIRIT, LOVE AND JOY AND PEACE, I MEAN, THE WORLD OUT THERE, THEY'RE LOOKING FOR LOVE. MOST OF THEM ARE SETTLING FOR LUST. THEY'RE LIVING A LIFE OF LUST, AND THEY CALL IT LOVE. BUT REALLY DEEP DOWN INSIDE, THEY WANT LOVE. A LADY IN OUR CHURCH, A SINGLE LADY IN OUR CHURCH, NEVER, had, never WAS MARRIED, BUT uh, SHE HAS, uh, A foster child and maybe with plans to adopt that little girl that now lives in her home and that little girl it's been kind of hard to handle because my wife will have to help me how many homes has she been in she's been in eight different foster homes in six months think about that and so the other night this lady in our church named Crystal she told us she was talking to her. She was trying to reason with her. And the little girl just said, I just wish somebody would love me. And my friend, I believe that's the cry all over this world. People are looking for love. They're, they're looking for genuine love, true love, real love. And we've got it. <laughs> we've got what they're looking for. And then there's joy. You know what? Everybody Everybody wants to be happy. But I'm afraid today most people are trying to find it through entertainment. The great old preacher A.W. Tozer said entertainment has become the substitute for joy. And that was 80 years ago. He said that. That was back before we have all these forms of entertainment that we have today. But even back then he could see it coming that people are so caught up in entertainment. And my friend, that, that could happen even in, in your Christian life. You could come to the place where where your greatest joy is not the joy of the Lord. Your greatest joy is not communing with God in the prayer closet, spending some time, sweet hour of prayer. Your greatest joy is not reading the Bible and having God speak to your heart. Your greatest joy is not when you assemble in the house of God, but you may get more joy out of the things of this world. And if that's the case in your life, my friend, just be honest about it and, and tell the Lord. Say, Lord, that's not right, and I know it's not right. And I pray you'd help me. People are looking for joy. They're searching for happiness. And here we are. This is a fruit of the Spirit. This is something that the Spirit of God will produce in our life. And it will just it will flow out of us if we are filled and led by the Holy Spirit of God and of course then there's peace in this old world they're looking everywhere for peace they're trying to find peace in alcohol they're trying to find peace in drugs they're trying to find peace in their sinful pleasures and they just they want some peace and here we are the children of God we've got it we've got what the world is looking for or do we or do we the Bible says examine yourselves I want to ask you tonight are these are these things that we just read we read them twice are these things the dominant characteristics in your life when people think of you do they think of these things boy there's somebody full of love (laughs) there's somebody full of joy there's somebody you can always count they've always got a smile they've got a good word they've got joy there's somebody, they've got peace even in the midst of the storm. Life can be, uh, the bottom can be falling out of life, but they've still got peace. You know, do your relatives know you like that? Do your neighbors know you like that? And all these other wonderful uh, the, the parts of the fruit of the Spirit, do people see that in us? You know, I've, I've been thinking, if, if these are the things, this is what the world's looking for, and we've got it, WHY IS THE WORLD NOT COMING TO US? WHY ARE THEY NOT COMING AND SAYING, HEY, I NEED WHAT YOU'VE GOT? WHY, why is, IS IT SO HARD, YOU ALMOST HAVE TO GET SOMEBODY IN A HEADLOCK TO GET THEM TO COME TO CHURCH ANYMORE? IS IT BECAUSE, I KNOW, I KNOW, NO DOUBT ABOUT IT, IT'S NOT THE SAME AMERICA THAT IT WAS YEARS AGO, I KNOW THAT. IT'S NOT THE SAME AMERICA, SOCIETY HAS CHANGED. We've got so many things to to distract people today. But still, people are out there. They're empty. They're lost. They're blind. They're desperate. We don't don't try to keep up with a lot of news. Uh, I I don't recommend, don't try to keep up with all the news. If you're you're not careful, you'll lose the joy of the Lord. You don't need to know everything. Now, God, God knows everything. He can handle it but you don't need to know everything. I don't want to be like an ostrich with my head down in the sand and not know anything, but, but I don't want to know everything. <laughs> but I listen to a little bit of news, and, and sometimes going down the road, you know, we may, we may plug into some news, and, and I heard just today somebody talking about what our society, our American society is like today. There is so much depression, and there is so much suicide, more suicide in America than there's ever been brother more suicide in the military than there's ever been I mean people are coming to the place I don't even want to live anymore so we know they're out there they have needs they're desperate and yet it just seemed like they're not coming to us and is it because? Maybe they're not seeing in us what they need to see. This this fruit of the Spirit ought to be flowing out of us when we go to Walmart. (laughs) Amen. When we go to the gas station, when we go to the grocery store, when we go to the beauty shop or the barber shop or wherever we might go down to get the car fixed at the garage. You know, this fruit of the Spirit ought to be coming out of us in our neighborhoods. Our, our, Our neighbors ought to know us as not just people who go to church, but people who are different. There's something different about them. And, uh, you know, we ought to show them this love of God. And they ought to see in us the joy of the Lord and see that peace in us. I'd like to give you my testimony tonight and uh, get, so you can get to know me a little bit. I was saved July the 19th, 1969. Now, somebody said that on July the 20th, 1969, that's when man set foot on the moon. And I say, well, boy, that's, that's good, but on July the 19th, the day before that, I met the Son. Amen. Amen. I met the Son of God, and He saved my soul. On July the 19th, 1969, 15 years old, I was 15 and a half years old. And my mother was dedicated to the Lord. My mother even made me go to church. Even when I was a teenager, I didn't want to go to church sometimes. My mom made me go. And you might say tonight, oh, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. I'm afraid you'd turn that child away from church. Look where I am. I'm in church tonight, and it's where I want to be. Now, I would say this. If you try to force a child to go to a dead church, that may turn them away. But the church my mom went to was not a dead church. It was in southern Indiana, and the pastor had come out of the mountains of Tennessee. If you ever saw that old black and white movie, Sergeant York, Alvin York, the great hero in World War I, my, mom's, my wife's mom and dad knew Sergeant York. They lived near Jamestown, Tennessee, and they knew him. Her grandpa sat by his bed Her dad came out of those mountains. He was just a mountain preacher. That's what he was. I mean, one of those men. You know, some people call them wind suckers. And I mean, he'd preach 90 miles an hour with gusts up to 120. He'd leave the pulpit. He'd head back to the back door. Now, church wasn't near this big, (laughs) but uh, I mean, just preaching away, his face blood red, preaching up a storm. And I sat under that kind of preaching. From the time I was 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, I was under conviction. I knew I needed to be saved. I saw people get saved, but I didn't want to be saved. I was enjoying the pleasures of sin for a season. I was. I, I, saw, when I saw this. When people got saved, they changed. And I didn't want to change. I mean, it's terrible, but I didn't want to change. I was enjoying my teenage years and the sinful Uh, life that I was living, I wasn't a drunk, I didn't mess with alcohol and drugs and all that, but I had plenty of sin going on in my life, and I just didn't want to be saved. But our church was having a revival, and it was one of those revivals, do you remember when they'd have a beginning date, but they did not have an ending date? They'd have a question mark, we're going to start here and we'll go to whenever God gets done. And we can't get away with that today but uh, but you know back in those days people it just seemed like they didn't have so much to do and i wonder today do we really have that much to do that really matters <laughs> that we couldn't go to a meeting every night for a week and I, that's 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 up to the lord and up to god's uh, people but uh, but that's the kind of revival it was and this was going on i don't know how long it had gone on but it was a saturday And uh, they were having church that night. But I went to the baseball park. I was a baseball player. I was a baseball fan. I loved it. My best friend named Jeremy Farmer, he loved it. We'd go to the ballpark. We'd throw the ball to each other. We'd bat the ball to each other. I mean, we just lived for baseball. And uh, so there I was at the ballpark, my home away from home. And we looked over, and there came a man walking across the parking lot. And I knew that man. I knew him. He had been my seventh grade teacher. And I knew him well. The guys that uh, were in his class, we really liked him because he would play ball with us. And he would joke around with us. And we really liked him. But that day he came walking across that parking lot. And he was as serious as anybody you can imagine. Had this very serious look on his face. And that was not really like him. And so he came over to where we were and he said boys he said I didn't even know you were here but he said something told me to stop and talk to somebody and I don't doubt that one bit that God told that man to stop and he obeyed and he came over to where we were and brother you know what he what he said that day I had heard it all before he just told us about Jesus Heaven and hell and the cross and the blood and salvation. I'd heard it all before. I'd heard it many, many times. I'd heard it preached with power. I'd heard it preached by men filled with the Spirit of God. And I still sat through that invitation. And you know, sometimes I'd grab a songbook or sometimes I'd talk to somebody. I was always as far back as I could get in the church. And I'd talk to somebody and get my mind off the conviction. And finally the service would be over and I'd get out the door and I made it through another service. I didn't get saved. And that was going on in my life. But when this man came that day, it was all different. I'm telling you, everything he said, it's like I heard it for the first time. It's like I heard it for the first time. And everything he said was going right into my heart and convicting me. And I stood there at 15 years old, my friend almost 16 years old, and two teenage boys listening to this man at a baseball park, and I'm, I'm getting under such conviction. All of a sudden I realize I'm going to hell, and I deserve to go to hell. I deserve to burn in the lowest of hell, and I knew that I, I was on my way to hell, and I, I didn't want to go there. I'd heard it before. I'd heard men preach about hell. Today, here stands a man, not emotional, just reminding me there's a hell, and the Spirit of God just pounding me with conviction. Well, that man, he left. He made no attempt to lead us to the Lord. I want to tell you something about that man. He was not a dedicated Christian. He was not. That man told us jokes that no Christian should tell. That man told us some stories no Christian should tell. And I don't think he even went to church anywhere. But he had told us that his dad, who lived in Horse Cave, uh, Kentucky, was a preacher. And he did mention to us that he had been saved. He knew he was saved. But he was in a backslid condition my friend, God used that man. God used him. There's not a doubt in my mind. God used that man. And some of you sitting there today say, I don't know if God could use me. I don't know. Here you are in church on a Wednesday night. Brother, you better believe God can use you. God can use you more than you imagine. He could ever use you. You know what? He'll use somebody who's available. And God saw that man that day driving by the ballpark, and somehow God got that man's attention. By the way, when I went to church that night, sat on the back row, as usual, sat on the back row, listening to the preacher, that that teacher came in that night. He came to church that night. And the night when I hit the altar, he hit the altar. I don't know whatever became of him. I really don't. I never followed up on his life. I don't know. But I know God got a hold of that man that day. But anyway, I went home. At, it was afternoon. I went home and I said to my mom, I said, Mom, I'm going to church tonight, Saturday night. She she made me go on Sunday, but she didn't make me go to every meeting, you know. Sometimes I'd beg even on a Sunday night. I'd say, Mom, Daniel Boone's on tonight. Uh, you remember old Walt Disney World on Sunday Sunday night, Dan, they got the story of Daniel Boone on there tonight, Fess Parker. Can not I stay home and watch that? My mom would say, no, you're going to church. But every now and then, she, I would win. I would win. And my poor old mom, my dad didn't go to church. He wasn't dedicated to the Lord, but thank God later in life he did. But, but my mom would go on, you know, kind of slump shoulders and, and, and get her purse and her Bible and walk out the door, and I... I I felt, I felt terrible. I felt terrible. I thought I broke my mom's heart. I really let my mom down. I felt terrible for about five minutes until Daniel Boone came on. And buddy then, I, I was back in that television and, and loving it. But uh, you know, I didn't go to church. I didn't go to every night of a revival, but I went home and I said, Mom, I said, I'm going to church tonight and I'm going to get saved and I think my dad heard me I'm not sure but I think my dad heard me because my dad went to church that night and I sat on that back row and a preacher from Eastern Kentucky was preaching his name was Dewey Cooper and that man would preach he'd jump up and down he'd take his coat off his face and turn red and he'd come down the aisle just preach it up a storm AND I DON'T KNOW ONE WORD THAT DEWEY COOPER SAID THAT NIGHT. I'M SITTING ON THE BACK ROW, I'M THINKING, I'M GOING TO HELL. I'M GOING TO HELL, AND I NEED TO GET UP THERE TO THAT ALTAR. I WAS ignorant. THERE'S SO MUCH I DIDN'T KNOW. ALL I KNEW WAS GOD SAVED PEOPLE AT THAT ALTAR. (laughs) I'D SEEN THAT TIME AND TIME AGAIN. I SAW HIM SAVE DRUNKS. I SAW HIM SAVE REBELLIOUS PEOPLE. I, I, I SAW A CHANGE WHEN THEY'D STAND UP. And, and they'd give a testimony with tears. And I just knew the Lord saves people there. And I got to get down to that altar. And so I, I waited. Dewey Cooper preached and preached. And finally he got done. And finally gave the invitation. And I shot down the aisle. I mean, I, I got down there. I wasn't the only one. That altar filled up with a lot of young people. And that night I got saved. And right beside me was my best friend my baseball buddy he got saved and you know what we're both still serving god i mean we both had some rough waters in our teen later teenage years high school years you know but but we're both still serving god and uh before this meeting's over i may sing you a song that he wrote called something that is real And he mentions that night uh, that we got saved but i want to tell you this is my first encounter with the fruit of the Spirit and I didn't know it at the time I didn't know what was happening to me I just knew that I was lost and I was on my way to hell and I didn't want to go to hell I wanted to go to heaven and I knew I couldn't save myself only Jesus could save me and I came to the Lord Jesus and I repented and I trusted him as my Savior and that night when he saved my soul Three things that I'll never forget happened to me I experienced three things and we just read about them love joy and peace but I'm going to start with peace and go back to love I had a peace that came into me and you got to be careful when you give your experience of salvation because sometimes people will think well that's the way it's got to happen to me and we're all different we all have different emotions and we may have different experiences But my friend, it's one Jesus and it's one blood and it's one born-again experience that we all share in common. But that night, I had a peace. Oh, peace like a river. I just, peace that I did not have before. Even as a teenager, I was having some trouble sleeping at night because I knew I wasn't right with God, but I kept fighting it and putting it on the back burner. But that night, oh, the peace that I had. And then joy i had joy i can't describe it well the song song leader said joy unspeakable and full of glory i had it and again don't compare yourself with me you know i i, I kind of got in a little bit of trouble doing that when i was kneeling at the altar that night i i mean i poured my heart out to the lord this was an old-fashioned church and uh, my father-in-law came from the mountains of Tennessee and, and you know, it's, it, they would just gather around. When you'd hit the altar, all the people would come and gather around the altar and pray. Anybody be in a service like that where everybody would come and, and pray together. Pray out loud. Everybody, all, everybody. Like, and God, God hears every one of them. <laughs> and so they, they gathered around. They were praying for me, several others there, praying. After that revival, we went down to the Ohio River. Were baptizing and they were lined up down that river oh to see those days again oh to see those days again lined up down that river getting baptized but you know when I was at the altar I can remember people giving testimonies one said when I got saved it was like I saw a hand reach down from heaven and, and take my hand somebody else would talk talk about this feeling they had oh it's, something went through me so i was at the altar praying and I, I i just i couldn't get settled because i kept thinking i'm going to see that hand or i'm going to my body's going to tingle or the room will light up something will happen and i'll know that i'm saved and none of that happened i was up there i mean i was trying to confess every sin there's no way i could do that but i was trying to confess every sin i'd ever committed i i'm begging the lord to save my soul and no it didn't happen so finally I stood up beside the altar and the pastor was standing there and I, I mean my eyes were red from crying and I said he, he said well how is it how do you feel and I said I I'm not saved I said I I feel like i have given the Lord everything I, and I said I, I, I'm still not saved and my pastor said well let the Lord give you something And that's exactly what i needed to hear i needed to hear that before before that happened and he said let the lord give you something and the light came on in my head and i realized then hey salvation's a gift all i've got to do is receive what the lord has already paid for with his blood and so standing beside the altar i was not kneeling down i was standing beside the altar and I said this, I said, right now, I receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. And what I meant was feeling or no feeling, light or no light, sign or no sign. Right now, by faith, by faith, I receive Jesus as my Savior. And I meant that with all my heart. And boy, the Lord saved my soul right then. Right then. I told that in a church not too long ago last year I told that in a church and a lady who had played the piano that night in the service on a Sunday night came that night and got saved and I asked the pastor I said did you suspect piano player and and a a worker in the church did you suspect that she was not saved he said I knew something was wrong because she never could get any peace she couldn't get it settled she came for counseling all the time always something wrong i knew something was wrong and you know about two weeks after she said she got saved i called the pastor i said how is she doing he said she can't stop smiling she got it settled and you know she wrote me a letter and she said in that letter thank you for preaching on salvation on a sunday night And thank you for telling your your testimony. Because she said, that's exactly what I did. When I was a teenager, I think 14 years old, she said, I went to an altar. She said, I repented. She said, I I prayed. I did everything except trust Jesus as my Savior. Think about that. It made me wonder how many people are in that condition. How many people are like that? She said, "I, I had done everything. And she said, but I never could shake the doubts. I never could get a lasting peace. She said, I just hadn't trusted Him. She said, that Sunday night, I trusted Him. I trusted Him as my Savior. Well, that's what I did. I trusted the Lord, and oh, the peace, and oh, the joy. But I'll tell you, my friend, the most noticeable thing in my life was the love that came into my heart when the Lord saved my soul. Now there's a verse over in 1 John, 1 John 3, 14. I had no idea that verse was anywhere in the Bible. I probably couldn't have quoted Jesus wept that night the Lord saved me. I I didn't read the Bible. I didn't, you know, I just went to church because I had to. But there's a verse that says, We know that we pass from death unto life because we love the brethren. You talk about an evidence of salvation, an evidence of salvation. We know we passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. I stood beside that altar, and people started coming around, shaking hands with all of us, a line of us there, the shaking hands, hugging my neck, you know, and and just celebrating, just rejoicing, and uh, I mean, we're standing there, our cheeks are wet from tears, and what a what a night but they came around my wife she's going to love to hear this story because she's only heard it 100 times and i know she's waiting on 101 tonight but a woman came and stood right in front of me and i knew that woman very well and i did not like that woman and if you'll excuse me tonight i think i hated that woman you say what would make you hate that woman she was she was elderly i used to say that how old was she she was 47 and and i used to say she was elderly but <laughs> she stood right in front of me here's why I, I did not like that woman at all i was a loud mouth smart aleck and i was in a restaurant in that little town with my friends and i was in there just being a big smart aleck just being a big loudmouth, disturbing the peace and that woman ran the restaurant and she said you need to leave you need to leave and i it embarrassed me so mad, so bad I, I i walked out of there in front of my friends and i i hated that woman i mean for what she, she the way she embarrassed me i i just i couldn't stand her well she was the pastor's sister and here she came and stood right in front of me and I looked at her and you know what she did? She shouted. Have you ever heard anybody shout? I mean, not just whoopee, not just shout glory to God, but I mean an old-fashioned mountains of Tennessee shout. That's where she grew up in the mountains of Tennessee. I mean, she went back like this, and I can't, honey, would you come up and, and do it? I mean, just, whoo! Only a lot higher than that, and maybe a lot longer than that. I mean, she just shouted. And I hugged her, and I used to say, I loved her like my mother. I mean, now, that's an exaggeration, but I loved that woman, and she loved me. And probably when she was shouting, she was probably thinking, if Jesus can save him, he can save anybody. <laughs> but everybody that came by, I loved them. I loved everybody in that place. And when I walked in the door that night, there were people in there I didn't even like. There were people in there I didn't had no use for. Before that night was over, I loved everybody. Makes me love everybody. Makes me love everybody. There's a lot of truth in that song. But it's not just old-time religion, it's old-time salvation, amen, that'll put that love in your heart. My friend, you know, that's my first experience with the fruit of the Spirit. Really, it's supernatural. It's a supernatural love. It was not there before. And I told my wife today, I said, honey, you know, after all these years, that was over 50 years ago and after all these years I said that love is still there I love God's people I barely know you folks but I love you (laughs) I love you and it's not me it's not Steve Epley you see what I was (laughs) it's him and it's the one who lives inside me the Spirit of God that night When when Jesus saved my soul, somebody moved inside me. The Holy Spirit of God came to live inside me. You don't get saved, and then later on you get the Holy Spirit. Somebody started that doctrine a long time ago, and they were mixed up. (laughs) No, the Spirit of God, the Bible says, If ye have not the Spirit of Christ, ye are none of His. And He moved in. And when He moved in, He began immediately producing that fruit, love joy peace i went home that night and I, I don't i better not exaggerate but i i've said before i don't know if i slept on the bed or if i just floated around the room i i was just so i was so ha- that old burden i'd been under quite a burden of sin and you know some some young people i got to be careful young people teenagers they may hear that and say boy that, that didn't happen to me i didn't have an experience like that and you don't have to have an experience just like i do but listen, one reason maybe that all happened to me is so much, it, it was so dramatic, su- such a, I, I don't know the word, it was, it was just a, a climax that, that happened in my life. I had been fighting the Lord for quite a while. I don't know how long I'd been under conviction, but week after week I went to that church where people got saved and that, and that old-fashioned preacher got up and preached the word of God. And week after week, you know, I... I experienced that, and I I fought that conviction, and I walked out the door. and, And, you know, here's something else. I've wondered before why God sent that unusual man to the ballpark and why such conviction just absolutely poured out upon me at that baseball park. You know, I've wondered this. I wonder if that was my last call. I wonder that might have been my last call. I was a I, I wasn't driving yet, and I wasn't yet sixteen, but but I just wonder. You know, I've been I, I getting cars with maniacs driving down the road and I wonder if that could have been I don't know that, but the Lord sure showed up. Now after telling that, I want to ask you tonight, are you one hundred percent sure that you're saved? I mean not are you 100% sure that you're saved and on your way to heaven and I want to ask you this if you are, if you're sure of that then my friend you have the Holy Spirit living in you you have the Holy Spirit living inside you and this fruit of the Spirit should be flowing out of your life and that's uh, that's how I wanted to start this revival tonight and ask you that first of all, are you sure you're saved? Do you know that Jesus Christ is your Savior? You're trusting Him 100 percent, not trusting your own works, not trusting your religion, just trusting in Jesus. I would I would think tonight everybody here is, but I would have thought that night in that church in Illinois that everybody was, but the piano player came and got it settled that night. I don't go around preaching to try to make people doubt. My wife could verify that. But I am convinced that there are people sitting in our Baptist churches who pray to prayer and learn how to walk the walk and talk the talk to a certain point, but they've never truly been born again. And if that's you tonight, get it settled. Get it settled. And then you can enjoy the rest of this revival. But tonight, let's bow our heads and my wife's going to come and play something. and I want to ask you tonight, are you, are you filled with the Holy Spirit of God? That's a good question to ask. Are you filled with the Spirit of God?